0: We are in the book of Psalms, chapter 27. Uh, we are at verse number three. The Bible tells us in Psalms, uh, in Psalms uh, 27, verse number three, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. And if Lord willing, we will make it to the next scripture which says one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What a beautiful scripture, but I'm going to go back to verse number three. All of them are, uh, are beautiful and I, I can't wait to get there, but we don't want to get there at the expense of leaving um, some good food on the table. God's got some good food for us. Verse three, again, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. Now, yet last week, we, uh, we talked about, um, really, we really kind of uh, ended with um, dealing with my heart shall not fear, okay? We really um, I think that's pretty much where we, where we ended. We talked about the, the, the host encamping against us, uh, or against me, as David said, though a host should encamp against me, uh, my heart shall not fear. Okay. And we, we really did, we really worked with those. My heart shall not fear. And we talked about encamp and we learned that the sense of this word encamp, we, we realized that it's a, it's a military, uh, it's a military term. Okay. And, um, um, and, it, and it has much to do with, uh, with mili- a, a camp being set up in preparation uh, for battle, um, either near a city or to uh, besiege it. And we learned that when we start talking about besieging something that is also a military turn, it is ha- and it has to deal with a, um, a very um, tactical uh, military action, Okay, because when you besiege a thing, you surround it. right now it's not just a normal surround it's not everybody just getting all around and didn't and and everybody take up a position around something no again it is a military term okay so when we use the siege not only are we talking about uh not only are we um are we talking about a person um um being surrounded all right but when we talk about um besieged it's being surrounded by armed forces with the intention of capturing that place or forcing its surrender and that's what makes it a uh military term or a uh a tactic okay a military tactic so to speak because when you besiege something you're you 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 it's it you're surrounding it uh with armed forces that mean there's some hostile intent going on right then and there and the purpose of it is to capture it or force its surrender. Now, I want you to understand something here, all right? The whole shouldn't camp against me, okay? Now, because it is for the purpose of capturing or forcing its surrender, that means that it is not for the purpose of destroying that thing. And you need to keep that in mind. You need to keep that in mind. It is not for when you enemy camps around something, they encamp to take that position or to force that position to surrender. It is not initially or it is not for the purpose of total destruction, no, but more for assimilation or to take that and absorb that place, that location into something already existing. They want to capture it. They want to take over. Okay. They want you to surrender. And when we say surrender, that means give up that position. Okay. Whether you leave, so whatever is there, you leave it on the table. All the resources, okay? All the provisions, whatever is there at that location or whatever, or whatever it may be. If it is besieged, then the enemy wants to either wants to take that okay and they will take that by either taking you and that or you can leave or you or surrender and then they take that position but the point of besieging is more so about acquiring okay or absorbing whatever that thing is or whatever the reason whatever they have there it's a strategic thing okay Maybe it's because it puts them in a better position to make further military moves. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, when we take that and we dial that back from the military and we start putting that into, uh, and start dealing with that from the perspective of the spiritual, and we start looking at these things. Well, when we start getting into that whole encamp thing and the enemy besieging, right? Um, And we know, and we should all be in remembrance then when we're talking about these people who are encamping, remember the, the, the previous scripture made it very clear that, we, that when we talk about encamping, though, people should encamp against me, okay, that some of these people who are encamping are transitional folks. What do I mean? These are people who are not going to stay in your life. So sometimes problems actually come from temporary folk. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes problems come from temporary folks. In fact, sometimes long-lasting problems come from temporary folk, okay? Or they can. We can have issues that can go on, or people can introduce people who are who ain't even gonna be around that long in your life. Okay. People who are not gonna be there in your life that long can introduce problems and situations that depending on how you handle it, depending on how you deal with it whether you deal with your, and when we say deal with it, we're meaning it in the sense of the not dealing with it in a spiritual sense. So in other words, you you yield to carnality and you try to handle this thing in the flesh, all right? The people and situations can come into your life. They are not meant to stay. But if you operate brothers and sisters out of carnality and you don't handle things spiritually, These things, although they come in and leave, right? but the problems they introduce, because you've handled it in the carnal or in the natural, the problems that they left in their wake can last for a long period of time. This is why it is very important, and I want you to hear this. It is very important that you and I, when problems come up, we don't lean on the arm of the flesh. See, sometimes you can make a, listen, you, there are situations are gonna come and they are going to go. You are going to have some good days, but you're gonna have some bad ones too. There will be some days that are, that you don't feel so good. That things are not going so well and they are far less than ideal. That's gonna happen. But depending on how you deal with those situations, often the term determines how long those situations are present for an accountant in your life. There is, there, it, I'm telling you, it is directly tied. Oftentimes, you can make a bad situation worse simply because you handle it in the natural or in the carnal instead of taking it to the throne of God and leaving it there in prayer. I want to remind somebody today, God can do more with your problems than you can. Yes, I know it's affecting you. I also know that it's uncomfortable and I know that you're ready for it to be over. But you have to understand, the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. And how are you ever really going to get stronger if you don't go through anything? Nobody wants to go through anything. I get it. I don't even want to go through. I don't want to go through anything unnecessarily if I don't want to, but that's just it. Notice what I said. I don't want to go through anything unnecessarily neither do you the problem is is that our version of necessary or our concept of necessary oftentimes runs counterclockwise to what god determines as necessary it might be unnecessary for me i don't want to go through i shouldn't have to deal with all this but in the larger scheme of things God have to allow you to deal with some of these things or go through some of these things in order to bulk up your faith, in order to strengthen your faith. You're never meant to stay at the same level of faith that you are when you start, when you first come to the Lord and and you are obedient to the gospel message and you get your salvation the way the Bible says, get it, okay? And for those of you who are listening, it's very simply and plainly laid out in the book of Acts chapter two. You can start at verse 38. I recommend starting probably at verse 35 and then going on through the rest. But what God wants from you is very clearly um, laid out in there as far as salvation. Okay. That stuff is there. Okay. And God wants, and God and, and, and with that salvation, there is an initial level of faith because it takes faith to believe. And the Bible teaches us that God has given all men a measure or the measure of faith, okay? So you gotta start in place. You have the ability to believe. God does not curate what you believe, meaning that he does not predetermine what you are going to believe. He just gives you the ability to believe. It is your responsibility to exercise that belief in God Almighty. Now, if you choose to exercise your belief in a false God, something that's unreal and something that can't support you, that's up to you, but you're going to deal with the consequences of that. But that faith that God gives you is always better used on the things that he has provided for you. What, and one of those things that he's provided for you is knowledge of the most high. You have the ability to know who God is. Bible says the word is nigh thee in thy heart and in thy mouth even. Glory to God. God's word is right here. It's not far off. It is not far away. It is not on a journey. We don't have to send nobody up to heaven to go get it. We don't have to have nobody come down. No, 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 no. The word of God is nigh thee in your heart in your mouth, it's right there. It's here. The knowledge of the Most High has been made available. And by faith, we lay hold or we take claim to that knowledge. We become aware of who God is when we grab hold to the truth of God by faith. So he gives us this faith to do that. But you can use that faith for other things. You can use it to not grab hold to the things of God and you can use that to grab on to other things. Now, that would be unfortunate, but a person has the right to do that. But what God's intent is, is that you're gonna use it to grab hold of him, you're gonna believe in him. Now, that's just your starting faith. But the Bible teaches that we're supposed to move from faith to faith. So your faith is supposed to grow. We have the analogy. And we have uh, the, the, um, the, the, the word picture Jesus gave us, that having faith as a mustard seed. And we know that a mustard seed starts out very small and then it grows and it grows, amen. And so we know that, that faith is supposed to grow. Well, that faith, when it grows, is supposed to take you to deeper levels. Now, what you don't, what we don't un- often uh, realize and then some of us do may perhaps realize it but we don't necessarily like it but that's just tough cookies for us but but and and that is is that your faith has to move we know that it's supposed to grow but we don't like the process <laughs> in which god has laid down for that faith to grow because that faith grows through life situations and and not just the good ones your faith grows when you go through some tough times and you are forced to keep your hand in god's hand or keep your eyes on god in the middle of everything breaking down just so you can stay sane well why does that happen why do i need to do that because it's when you do that that you learn that he is your company keeper that he is your mind regulator It is when you are forced to stay with God or when you have no choice but to stay with God in order to make it through what life may have thrown at you, it is then that you build your testimony. It is then that you learn something new about God. It is then that he becomes something more and something greater. And I'm going to tell you that if you're going to make it through this life, God's going to have to become greater you than what he is right now oh my listen i know that that sounds like man can that even be possible yes it's possible if you stay in that word and you stay in that prayer closet god will reveal himself god will become greater and greater and greater for you you will learn more and more when you learn in the bible the different compound names of god Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, all of these different things. Do you not know that these names were birthed out of knowledge of the most high that was gained through adversity? So in other words, it was when the children of Israel went through the problems, went through certain situations. They learned something about God in the middle of that situation. And at the end of that, they came with a new title, Jehovah this, Jehovah, the Lord is my this, the Lord is my that, all of these different things. Well, can I tell you something? The same thing that he did for the children of Israel so many years ago, God does for you on the day-to-day basis. See, it's when when I go through some things, I learned that he's my heavy load share. I learned that he's my burden bearer. Then all of a sudden he, when it's, it's when I, it's, 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 when, when everybody is against me, it's then, and, 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 and the Lord steps in and turns it all around. It's then that I learned that, that he's my lawyer in a courtroom. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It's when I'm sick and the doctors say, you know what, this is the best you can expect or it won't get any better than this. And I say, thank you, doc. I appreciate all of that. But I don't stop right there. I go to the throne of grace because you know the word says? You can come boldly before the throne of grace. So I take it to God. Yeah, my head is, is hung down low because I'm disappointed at the diagnosis and what they've said, and, and and when they when they hear when you hear bad news, it, it hurts you as a way of bringing you down. But 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 you don't let it get you down because you keep right on moving. Maybe you limp into the throne room, but let me tell you something. I don't care whether you crawl. I don't care whether you walk. I don't care whether you limp. Just get to the throne room. However you got to get there, get there because when you get to that throne room, and God makes it all better, God turns it all around, then, and only then, will your testimony grow beyond what it is, because you will now be in possession of knowledge about the Most High God that is not based on word of mouth, what somebody told you, it is going to be based on experience, what you went through. So yes, nobody wants to be besieged and all of these different things the enemy tries to take over and 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 the enemy tries to 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 lay siege. The world tries and people who ain't even, you know, don't they just going to be here for a minute and they're on their own and gone about their their way, but but when we don't handle it in the spirit, when we don't walk in the spirit, and by the word, wait, the Bible tells us if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Some of us have problems with, with giving in to worldly and carnal appetite. That's because you're not walking in the spirit. Well, what does that mean, walk in the spirit? It just means do what the word says. It's as simple as that. It means do what the word says. We struggle because we don't obey. When you obey the word of God, it is designed to strengthen you, empower you, and make it easier for you to do it again the next time so the more you do it the stronger you get the analogy that you want to have is someone who's perhaps lifting work weights the more you lift weights the more or is engaged in health activities the more you uh you engage in being in healthy activities you're eating and and, and you're exercising and all that kind of stuff well then the more your body is composition is going to change right the better you're going to feel and the stronger you're actually going to get well it's the same thing that happens listen everything that happens in the natural, has a spiritual mirror, okay? It does, has a spiritual mirror. So this same concept also happens in the spirit. Now, Psalm 23 told us that David said, though a host should encamp against me, okay? And we've learned about that. David then said that my heart, he says, when this happens, he says, my heart shall not fear. And we learned that when we talk about that heart, we're talking about the seat of emotions, okay? right? When we talk about that heart, we're talking about your mind. We're talking about your emotions, okay? We're talking about your conscience. And when we say your conscience, we're talking about your ability, that ability that God has given you to know right from wrong. Amen. God has given you, whether you realize it or not, God has given you the ability to know right from wrong, okay? And so your heart represents all of that. Where you make your decisions and how you feel, and those sorts of things. But David said, in the spite, in the middle of this, though that hope should encamp against me, he said, My heart shall not fear. And fear, we learned, means really just to be. Anxious, it's that anxiety or apprehensive about situations. When I say apprehensive, I means I'm not. I'm, I'm a little leery about how this thing is going to go. I'm not. The, I'm. I'm not. You know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. I'm not the. i In other words, I'm not volunteering to go first. When I say apprehensive, that means I got some reservations about some things, and life will do that to you. Life, will, you'll see how things are going, and and you'll say, well, man, maybe uh, maybe with the way things are going, maybe I I, I need to just kind of hold what I got right now. And there is a time and a place to do that, and so on and so forth. But I would, uh, I do want to encourage you that in the midst of the things that are happening in this world, do not bite the hook of going cold on your relationship, okay? And on your work for the Lord. So in other words, just because we might be at times um, asked to um, to shelter in place, or we might be asked to wear masks or whatever else it is. Listen, the Bible tells us, you know, you know, that we are to obey the laws of the land. You are not to be disorderly and unruly and just all of a sudden deciding that you're going to do something different? No, 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 no. We are, whenever possible, instructed to obey the laws of the land. So that means that none of us as children of God should be going around, going rogue and going maverick in the light of when they say shelter in place and you want to try to over-spiritualize it and make this a, a, a test of your faith and uh, of, or the world encroaching rather on your faith. The world ain't encroaching on your faith. They ain't got nothing to do with that. And not at all. They are not stopping the word from going out. This is not that situation. So those who want to, who quick to subscribe to, this is uh, spiritual oppression. No, it ain't. It ain't spiritual oppression. You deceive of your own ideas and concepts. You got it all wrong. Spiritual oppression is when they're actually trying to get you and keep you from actually getting that word out. Now, most times, it ain't spiritual oppression. It's on individual oppression. See, you suppressing the word in your own life because you won't say nothing. You won't talk about what God is gonna, you won't share your testimony. That ain't the world making you not share that. That's you making you not share that. So we don't wanna go in, get in all off sidetracked and into the world making me do this and we jumping at devils every turn. No, listen, sometimes you're your own devil. That's what it is. Sometimes you are the one who is the problem. It is not the world doing what God has made. We got God has made available for us right now. We're using technology even now, but God has made a way and saw fit that we have a way to share things in a, on a, in a, in a larger scale. We're able to do that. But even on the individual scale, we are at times dropping the ball. Because there are people in our circle, whether it's your family, friend, doesn't matter what else is. are you sharing the word of God? This isn't shelter in place, okay? It's not the same thing as shelter on God, no. You're not supposed to shelter in place from God. Brothers and sisters, I'm gonna say that again. Shelter in place does not mean shelter in place from the things of God, no. It doesn't mean that you press pause on sharing the word. It doesn't mean that you go dormant on evangelizing and taking the word out. No, you might have to be creative with the way that you get the word out, but you're supposed to take that exact word, not a word that you that you change up, just what it is in the Bible. Just take that. Don't take your stuff, take God's stuff. And what you're supposed to do is share that with whoever God puts in your path. You're talking on the phone to somebody and maybe they're having a rough, I know this is practical stuff, but this is what the scripture is about. The word of God is to be applied and we have to see how to use this on the day-to-day basis. David said, I shall not fear, though there are all of these things. When he says, "I, I shall not fear, that means I'm not gonna get apprehensive. I'm not gonna go cold. I'm not going to stop. That's what he's saying here. I won't be deterred. I won't be stopped. And some of us don't mind being stopped when it comes to God's thing, but it is God that keeps you. God is the reason for the seats and brothers and sisters. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be here. Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you, listen, God God is the reason for absolutely everything. And so our, the, the things that life throws at us, I don't think nobody planned for a coronavirus and all, nobody, no COVID, nobody planned for none of that. But just because you have that, because we live in this world and we have what we have, I want to remind you something. God is still greater. He's still worthy to be praised. And we still have a job to do. We don't get to retreat into our corners and all of a sudden grow dormant on God. No, David said, though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though everything is coming against me and is around me and surrounding me, he said, my heart will not fear. That means that I will not be destabilized. My peace, my center, all of that will remain intact. The situations of this world will not be allowed to have the power or the authority to derail me. I will not be destabilized. No, 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 no. I will not be run off of my territory, of my land. I'm not getting ready to do that. You hear? No, there ain't gonna be no claim jumping here. God gave me this. God gave me this gospel. God gave me this mission. And as long as I have breath, my goodness, we're gonna get the job done in Jesus' name. And you gotta have the same attitude. God gave me my family. I'm not getting ready to let the devil run me off of my daughter and off of my son and let him just come in and take over and mis- misguide them and mix them up. No, 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 no. If I got to stay in the prayer closet every day calling their names before the Lord, listen, I am you have got to be willing to stand against the horde and the onslaught of the enemy knowing that if god before you he is more than the world against you i know we got some ground to make up but this is what god is speaking to somebody right now god has given you a mission god has given you an assignment why are you so quick to run off why are you running backwards where are you going All soldiers must report to the front line. God has called you. And I want to tell you right now that if God called you, you are more than equipped. God has made sure you are well able. Don't you run. Don't run. Don't you run from that doctor that gives you that bad news. Don't you run at all. Don't you run from those teachers that say that your kids just ain't going to be able to do it. Don't you run at all. Don't you run from that person that says you don't have the talent, you don't have the skill, you don't have the ingenuity, you just don't have the influence, you don't have that. Listen, if God is for you, he is more than the world against you. David said, though a host encamp against me, my Heart shall not fear. I will not be destabilized. I will not be shaken. I will not be run off. I Listen, You uh, sometimes it's easy to just say, well, you know what? I'm just gonna let it go. I'm ice skating uphill after all. Listen, God is with you. I don't know what nobody else told you, but I'm gonna tell you something different. God is with you. God is with you. I know that person may not believe in you, but they ain't required. They don't cause the sun to rise. And they don't make it set. They don't have anything to, listen, they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. They got no power and they got no authority. They might be pretending. And they might think that they are in control, but God is in control. God is in control. And, as, and the sooner some of us start believing and walking in that, the sooner some of our seasons will change. He said, my heart shall not fear. No, my heart is not going to destabilize me. See, Jesus was concerned. And has always been concerned that you don't be run off by fear. That you don't be taken aback by fear. So much so that you look at John chapter 14, verses 1 and verse 27. You hear God, you hear Jesus telling us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do you hear him speaking to your heart this morning? Do you hear him speaking courage to you? 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace, glory to God. That's a sermon right there. He said, my peace, my peace, not somebody else's, not what other people think you should have. He said, my peace, I leave. He said, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give unto you. He said, I didn't just leave it here. But I've also given you permission to have it. I have, do you realize that God has given you permission to have peace in your life? So I am going to ask you at what point are you going to say, like your father has said, when the storms of life are raging? How long is it going to take you before you grab hold of the authority that God has given you and you say, peace be still? You waiting on him to say it, but he gave you authority to say it. How long you going to keep waiting? How long are you going to keep waiting for just to limp through things? Let me tell you something. I'm not limping through nothing. My intent is to walk through the front door of every situation like a victor. Not a victim. You are not a victim. And you got to stop playing to the enemy's game where he convinces you that you are somehow lesser, that you can't do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't need my vote of confidence. All you need is the word of God. But if we are not in that word of God, then you are not going to know what God has said about you. He said, My peace, peace I leave with you. My peace. I give unto you, not as the world given. I'm giving you something greater is what Jesus is telling you. I'm giving you something greater, something different, something that is not going to conform to this world. It's not going to line up with with conventional knowledge and and traditional wisdom. Uh, No, no. Why? Because that ain't going to last you and that is not going to help you. He said, I'm giving you something else. The peace I give to you is not as the world gives Give I am to you. Let your, not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you hear God's concern? Do you hear him calling you today to cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you? How long are you going to keep singing that lie of a song that Jesus don't care about me? That ain't no song. That's the, Listen, that ain't even a real song. Jesus absolutely does love you and care about you so much so that he has already spoken on your situation before you even got there. He has declared you the victor before the fight was even over. Do you realize that the deck has already been stacked in your favor before you get to the end? God has already declared you the victor of this whole thing. So do you not realize that the devil is really just wasting his time? (laughs) That's all he's doing is wasting his time time that's all he's doing all he's doing is wasting his time because you're going to come through on the other side now we as saints have nothing to fear when the world seems to surround us we don't they't want you to think that you do but you don't you have nothing to fear. David said, My heart shall not fear. We have nothing to fear when the world surrounds us. So what? See, as long as we have God, there is more for us than there is against us. And it's going to always be that way. This is the same as it was for Elisha. And I had mentioned this before when they were in the city of Dothane and the Syrian king came and surrounded him. I invite you to read second Kings chapter six verses eight through 17. Again, second Kings chapter six verses eight through 17. The enemy comes in surrounded. The king of Syria got a problem. He making plans against the children of Israel, but all his plans keep going up in flames. Why They keep going up in flames because all his scheming and all his plot on all his plotting and all that kind of stuff, God was letting the prophet Elisha know ahead of time so that he could warn the children of Israel ahead of time so that they could avoid every ambush and every tra- trap and every snare that the enemy was going to pick up. I'm, you ought to read Second Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 17. And that Syrian king got mad, and I don't know what. Oh, he's like, Man, hold on. There ain't nobody in this, in this war council but me and my advisors, and I'm making plans and all this kind of stuff, and you mean to tell me that the children of Israel is always one step ahead? And he's like, how, how is this? How, how does this even happen? And somebody had the smarts enough to say, well, you know what? It's Elijah, the prophet in Israel. He telling everybody what the king is saying. And, you know, the king got mad with that because, you know, that king, just like Satan, just like Satan, can't have a child of God messing up his plan. So he got the big idea, just like Satan get the big idea that he's going to surround you. King of Syria did the same thing, surrounded the prophet. Listen to this. He surrounded the whole city just to get that prophet, just to get that prophet. Are you that much of a threat to the enemy? Or are you just or, or 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 are you just another notch on the devil's belt? See, a real threat to the enemy is that one who stays in the prayer room, is the one who's in that prayer closet. That's the one that's in that word and it is using that word. That's the one who's walking by that word. That's the one who's speaking that word. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about a real disciple. I'm not talking about a casual hearer of the word. I'm talking about that person that takes the next step, that person who is a disciple of God Almighty. See, that person is a threat to the enemy. And he is so much of a threat to the enemy that the enemy's only recourse, so he feels, is to do it on his only way to seemingly snatch victory. From the law of defeat when it comes to a child of God is, is that he got to use numbers. So, in other words, what he's gonna try to do is he's gonna try to surround you, he's gonna try to lay to besiege you with as many situations and circumstances as possible. Why? Because you are a threat. Now, when you ain't going, listen, when you're not a threat to the devil, he don't care. He, he not even waste no time on you, not at all. But when you are living according to that word, see, you shake up what the devil got going on. You break through barriers. Chains get broken. Why? Because the power of God is allowed to manifest through your life. And since the power to break these chains it is really in God and not of ourselves, when you move out the way and allow God to step in And that is what you do, brothers and sisters, when you stay in the word and in prayer and you use that word, you step out of the way and you allow God to step in. And when that happens, you need to understand you are going to destabilize the enemy's plans. And when that happens, he is going to retaliate. And his retaliation is often going to find its manifestation in surrounding you with trying to cause as many things as possible in and as, in as many different areas as possible to start to go wrong. But as with this story in 2 Kings 6, verses 8 through 17, that prophet Elisha prayed for that young man that God would open his eyes so that he would be able to see that there are more for us than there are against us. There's more for you. It didn't matter that they had surrounded Elisha in the city of Dothan. That didn't matter. No, it didn't matter at all. Why? Because he only thought he was surrounded. God was the one that was doing the surrounding. And God delivered them. And as he delivered and what God did for the prophet, do you know that all these years later, he will do that for you and wants to do that for you. Amen. Glory to God. He says, the war should rise against me. In this, will I be confident. Now, we know that encamp means to surround and you do that with the intent um, of, you you are armed when it's done because you're besieging, right? And it's for the purpose of capturing or forcing surrender. But war, there's, and we have another word here. We got war. Cause the Bible said, he says the war, David says the war should rise against me. All right. Now. We know that this encamping and all this stuff can happen by these people who are transitional, these campers. It can also happen by those who are intent of bring, with bringing harm, okay? So these were these are the enemy soldiers or, so, or combatants, so to speak. But when we start bringing in the word war, now it brings a different dynamic or another uh, flavor to this because war in its essence is uh, a battle, but it's not just a small battle. It is a large-scale battle, and it is a series of battles. And when you talk about war, it really means... It really is. If you just kind of get into, at least with the way Bible is putting it here, it, it really is. A, it's a hostile meeting of opposing military forces. So in other words, they ain't not meeting for uh, meeting for you know you know what I'm saying to drink no tea. Ain't nobody doing that. That's not that war is not you only drinking tea in war. Okay, this is a, it's a hostile meeting of opposing military forces in the course of a war. So these series of battles and skirmishes and they get together. It's a state of armed conflict, okay? Between different nations, but watch this, or states or different groups within a nation or a state. So not just between nations, not just before states, between states, but war could also break out between groups of people within a nation or state. Now, that's interesting. Why? Because that brings another dynamic. Because what David is actually talking about here is really not necessarily war that is external, but he's talking about war that is internal. See, because when you say this conflict between groups within a nation, the word you're actually alluding to is that of rebellion. Glory to God. Rebellion. So when David says, the war should rise against me, he was not just talking about war rising externally, but he was acknowledging also the fact that war sometimes rises internally sometimes the war is a result of rebellion. Glory to God. It's a result of rebellion. And rebellion, when you start thinking about that, that's when those who are under your command or under your leadership, when they no longer want to comply with the rules when when people no longer want to go along with 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 the structure or the order of things that's rebellion when you fight against the established order okay or the established process that's rebellion okay and rebellion is that war that rises internally not externally so war is a hostile state between two or more groups or forces in the course of war. It's that state of armed conflict. It is a state of conflict, whereas besiegement is a hostile action that is considered an act of war. So war is a conflict between groups or states or nations, whereas besiegement is an act within The structure or the confines of a war. Okay. It's a tactical move in the course of a war where you try to take over something. Okay. David says that, David says that though war should rise against me. So though war or conflict or rebellion, which means to which is what rise up, he says when he says should rise against me. Should rise means to rebel, okay? And war is or within war can refer to rebellion, okay? He says that even though everyday places when the people from every day or from the everyday places of life the people that are close to me, the people that are near me, the people who are just coming in and out of my life, either or, when they decide to rebel against me, in other words, there is an established order. There is an established process. This is how we do things. But when they decide to rebel against me and rise up against me, Perhaps they want to take over what you have. Could be many different reasons. But David is saying, when they rise up and rebel against me, maybe they want to simply make life hard on me. Whatever the reason is. He says, in this will I be confident. He says, in spite of rebellion or mutiny or whatever else it is, I'm going to hold on to what I believe. I am going to hold on to the truth. And see, and it's interesting, but I love the way he puts it. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me. In this, will I be confident? Because it's the beforehand, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That's the external. But when he says the war should rise against me, he wasn't actually specifically trying to say that uh, an external war. But he's really talking about the war that rises amongst your own ranks. And if you live this life long enough, listen, there are going to be some times where the people who are closest to you are going to be the ones that rebel against you. They are going to be the ones that are going to fight against you. Those that you thought should have been on your side, those who are supposed to be on your team, those, listen, not even the transitional folk. So we're not even talking about the people who are in and out of your life. We're talking about the people who are in your life, the people who are in, you know, we, we listen, we ser- we're supposed to be serving the same God. We're supposed to be walking together. We're supposed to be having fellowship to one with one another. And he's saying, there are going to be times where even they are going to rebel against you. And he's saying, even though the war should rise against me, though rebellion should rise against me, and you got to understand something about David. Because David went through all sorts of trials and tribulations. And David also had to deal with internal rebellion, especially with his son Absalom. And when we read this scripture here, and as I told you about the book of Psalms, it's difficult to always pinpoint the actual scenario under which David is actually writing. So, in other words, to figure out what exact situation was going on at the time. Um, that probably was instrumental in giving birth to the rise of this particular song is not always easy to determine, amen. When we look at Psalms, 51 and the lord is talking and, and david is talking about creating me a clean renew renewal right spirit and we read that whole thing it's easy to be to be, kind of begin to tell that probably that particular song was penned under the or in response to his fall into sin with Bathsheba and so on and so forth so we begin to see and it becomes easy for us to um and it becomes easier for us or easier for us to see, well, maybe that's what the situation was. Well, when we look at Psalms 27, perhaps this might have been a psalm. We don't know definitively, but this could have been a psalm that was probably birthed out of that experience of rebellion that he, de- he dealt with in his kingdom with his son, uh, Absalom, who decided he wanted to take over the kingdom. And so when David was talking, he says, the war should rise against me. He's talking about conflict from amongst my own ranks. And brothers and sisters, sometimes you're gonna have some people that are close to you, that are in your circle, that were supposed to be holding it down and being with you and on your team. And all of a sudden they're gonna take leave of their natural senses. And and instead of being in the corner with you, they are gonna take the opposite corner against you. But David said this, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Confidence means to trust, okay? And it means to have faith or to put one's faith or their trust in something. So what was David talking about when he said at the conclusion of verse number three, and when he says, my heart shall not fear, and he noticed that we got colon marks, meaning that he's getting ready to give you a reason. He says, "Though war should rise against me. He says, in this will I be confident. What was he confident about? Well, he was confident about what he disclosed in Psalms 27, verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So, in other words, what David did in verse number three was bring it full circle back to verse. Number one, the reason why I can stand, the reason why I won't be destabilized, the reason why I won't be run off, the reason why it doesn't matter if there's mutiny within my own ranks, the reason why it doesn't matter if those close to me rebel against me, the reason why it doesn't matter if those who encamp against me are transitional or not, it doesn't matter if they're temporary or if they seem to be permanent. The reason why none of this matters and. The reason why I will not fear is because God is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Isn't God wonderful? Look at how he used this writer to bring it all full circle. The war, mutiny, and rebellion, and all of these different things. We got campers. We got those who encamp. We got besiegement. We got war. We got rebellion. We got all of these things. Some of it is external. Some of it is internal, but he said in and through it all, I will be confident. I will not be shaken. I hope I got somebody listening today that's got an attitude that said, I won't be shaken. That you got a spirit like Caleb. Bible said he had a different spirit. When them spies came to give that report of the land and they gave that bad report, them 10 spies. No, that wasn't the same thing that Caleb said. Bible said he had a different spirit. He said, we are well able to take the land. And I hope I got somebody listening today that knows that no matter what comes up and what you are dealing with, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I hope somebody is listening and knows right now that it don't matter who not owned the team. Go ahead and listen. You go start your own team if you want to. I'm going to stay with Camp Jesus because God got a camp. And in his camp, he's looking for holiness. And if I make sure there is holiness in this camp, God's going to stay in that camp. And as long as God is in that camp, no matter who's against you, God is more than the world and the opposition. It ain't going to matter. Why? Because he's my life. And he's my salvation. Doesn't matter who stands up or who steps up. I'm going to always be able to see my way clear because he's my light. It don't matter if they try to stop me. I'm going to always make it through, even if it's by the skin of my teeth. Why? Because he's my salvation. And when I feel weak and when I feel like I can't stand, I am going to absolutely stand tall. I am going to overcome. I am going to conquer. I am going to win because he's my strength. I'm just saying that if God is with you, you're unbeatable, and I hope that you hear that today. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good.